while I always sing the praises of Carolyn Hacks, who I love her approach, where she's just like, get over yourself! <laughs> and Brian's like, woo! <laughs> I need a little bit of the other side sometimes, yeah. and that's what Trent provides me with. I turn my wife onto him as well. She's getting daily texts from him. Texting. <laughs> and he's a very good-looking man. I'm a little concerned about it. I think it's a group text. I'm not completely positive. They're going out for coffee next week? What? Um, if she ends up being Carla Shelton, I might become one of your patients. Ah. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's go, people. It's time for Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian, episode 94. Courtney Kelly, a mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime patient. And there was a little something that happened on the Today Show earlier this week that really spoke to me, Courtney. Harry Miller, who is a former Ohio State football player, delivered a powerful message to anyone struggling with depression. And the reason why it resonated with me really speaks to what we attempt to do with this podcast, and that is raise awareness. Mm -hmm. and also take away some of the stigmas as it pertains to mental health and mental health therapy. And I really do feel like if you are in a position where maybe you have gained some ground in this department, it's really important for you to pay it back. And that is something that I have done or try to do on a daily basis Mm -hmm. in both my on-air life and in my personal and private life. And I've been inspired by other people who have done the same thing. And I'm wondering with your track record as a mental health therapist, when you feel like you've really made some headway with a patient, mm-hmm. do you find that a lot of them just feel inspired to help other people too? They really do. And a lot of times that's what I will encourage them to do, especially a lot of people who go through substance abuse issues and they inspire other people. They want to become peer motivators, people who are struggling with all sorts of mental health issues. If we can help them to get into programs that help other people, they can mentor people. I think it's just really important to pass it on. That was a huge thing. When I watched that interview with Harry Miller, it was heartbreaking to see his journey because he had such depression and anxiety throughout his childhood. And then you look at a guy like that who, oh, he has it all. He's doing football. He's really successful. But he had some really deep mental health issues that he still struggles with. But when you see that he's gotten to the other side of it and he's trying to bring people with him, he said, you know what, I had to say something because so many people are still struggling and there can be such a stigma that he just wanted to say, hey, let's help people. And I love his story. And isn't that the assumption that people all too often make? And that is precisely what inspired me Mm -hmm. to start talking about my own depression. It was Robin Williams' suicide, which to me came out of left field. And that's not to say that I'm shocked that somebody who works in comedy is tortured by demons because believe me, that's all over Mm -hmm. the place. But to the extent that he was and with the results that occurred, I found myself that night struggling internally because for the longest time when it came to my job as a radio personality, it was all about going for the laugh. It wasn't about making a difference. Well, I should correct that because I had to change who I was in the aftermath of Mm 9-11. You couldn't be doing jokey, jokey, 
stuff when that happened. And I had to learn on the fly to be a serious broadcaster. And that lasted for months. But when it came time to talk about my own struggles with depression, I was very hesitant because, Courtney, I think you have probably learned this by doing the broadcasting thing. A lot of times there are certain topics or discussions that we come up with and you're like, well, that's an absolute home run. And then you come in here and it just flops like nobody's business. (laughs) Then you have some where you're like, well, this is going to go nowhere. And it's a barn burner. Like the phones won't stop ringing. I don't care how long you've done this. And I've done this for 30 years and I've been in that position. And when it came to discussing my depression and my anxiety, I had the same fears. And I had a long talk with my wife about it. I said, if I'm talking about this to people who are on the brink of suicide off of this Robin Williams story, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the person who pushes them to the edge by talking about my own struggles where people might look at me and say, well, it seems like he has it all. Beautiful wife, great job. And he's depressed. Well, if he's depressed, what chance do I have? That literally entered my head because mm-hmm. I know where people's minds go when it comes to that because of my struggles. So I said, I have to make sure that I do this in such a way that it is going to motivate and help people. And that can be tricky sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people can understand that. But to Harry Miller's credit, I think he hit an absolute grand slam yeah, here. Yeah, he really did. And to your credit, too, I know it was difficult for you. It's very hard to open up about these things. And we do this podcast because we want to normalize. We want to help people. We want to take away that shame put a light there and say, it's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to share what you've learned and to let people in and let them know your struggles so that you can inspire other people. But how hard is that, right? Just like you had said about Harry Miller, when he was talking, I mean, tears streaming down his face during the interview, but they kept saying, you're going to help so many people with this. I mean, I think when we show our hearts and we show our true self and what we're really struggling with, people feel that. They feel that authenticity and they know and they connect to it. That's why it's so important. And when we see so many people that are struggling out there and we hear stories every day of people who are having so many mental health challenges, it's really important for us to speak to this. And I'm so glad that you did, because I know as a result, you have helped a lot of people. Well, and that has in turn helped me. And many people, too, will often ask me, what is the key to being an effective broadcaster, comedian, writer? And I always say that relatability is queen and king, Mm -hmm. because if people can relate to what you're talking about, they will become invested and they can spot phony from a mile away. I always give that credit to the audience. So when you're being genuine and when you're being real, that's when you're doing your best stuff. And sometimes your best stuff is the most uncomfortable stuff. Oh yeah, sometimes it is. It's funny, in therapy, I've talked about this before, we don't talk about our own personal stories, but sometimes we will highlight certain things or we can empathize with people on certain levels. And there was one time with a client, they were talking all about how they felt like they were an imposter. They were dealing with that imposter syndrome where they felt like they didn't belong in the new job, the position that they had. They felt like, oh my gosh, they started questioning themselves. Do I really deserve this? Sometimes in therapy, we do self-disclose very minimally, but we do. And I thought that it would be helpful for her to know. And I said, when I first became a therapist, I was very (laughs) nervous to say I'm a therapist. Now, when it comes to sitting with people, listening to their issues, helping them with coping, I have no problem with 
with that. But if you say, oh, Courtney's a therapist, that sounded like, oh, I'm like this big professional. I was like very intimidated by that. So when I first got my degree, I remember thinking I felt like an imposter, like they hired me to be a therapist, which you're supposed to have all the answers. And I had this whole idea in my head. So when I talked to her about that, she couldn't believe it. She's like, you thought that? And I said, yes, even after education and all of these things, I was very insecure about it. So by disclosing that, I helped her to see that it's a normal thing that we can question ourselves sometimes. And she felt a lot better after that, after I talked about that. Here's how I can relate to that. If I say to somebody who asks me, what do you do for a living? If I say, I'm a comedian, Mm -hmm. I'm a broadcaster, I'm this or I'm that. To me, it just feels like it's so arrogant. Oh, you think you can make people laugh, funny boy? Get over yourself. That's the first (laughs) thought that comes to my head. But you can, Brian. They should get over themselves. (laughs) Hopefully more often than not, but not always. But you do have that insecurity. Mm -hmm. And so when you similarly go behind a microphone and talk about your struggles with anxiety, depression, as Harry Miller did, that's even more Mm nerve-wracking because you were so afraid to do it wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you do it wrong, as I said, you feel like you're going to impact people negatively. But what I have found, and hopefully what Harry is going to find, look, depression and anxiety and mental health issues, I equate it to alcoholism in that people ask me all the time, well, it seems like you're cured. No, I battle this every day. Courtney, you know me as well as anybody. I'm angry every day. I question (laughs) things every day. I'm sad. There's so much angst, but I know I have the tools in the toolbox Mm -hmm. to try to work my way through it as best as I can, Mm -hmm. as do people who are struggling with sobriety. And it is a struggle. You don't want to regress and fall back into those traps, the ones that have tripped you up for your entire life. But where you find satisfaction in this, and it's probably the same thing with alcoholism. I don't really have any experience with that, but I imagine it's similar to my mental health journey. When I do find that I put myself out there and I have helped somebody, Mm -hmm. it helps to dig me out of holes that I find myself in on a daily basis. When I inspire somebody Mm -hmm. and I see them make that change, and Courtney, this is why you do what you do, I'm sure, because it makes you feel so good. It's not about you. It's about him or her Mm -hmm. and what you're doing to equip that person who is monumentally struggling with the tools to pull themselves out of that yeah. hole. There's nothing more satisfying and that's where I will encourage people who have received help don't keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't hang on to that in a death grip and say, I can't let anybody else know about this. No, because you are somebody who could save a life. Yeah. And I know that I have saved lives and I have no doubt that on a daily basis, Courtney, as a professional, you're doing exactly the same. Well, the biggest thing that keeps coming to mind when you're talking about this, the other thing is hope. You're giving people hope right. that, okay, I went through this, I struggled, but you can get through this too. And what Harry Miller was saying, he was talking about pretend that you have the hope that you need. And one day it will actually not be pretending anymore. You will have the hope. Pretend you have the hope. Act as if. And I know for me, I had a jar in my office when I first started working. And I said, listen, I know you don't feel it right now, but I'm going to hold the hope for you. It's right here in this jar. And they would kind of chuckle. And I'd say, I have the hope jar. I said, I will hold the hope for you. And I will give that to you because you need that. And that's what really when people come into a therapy office, they need hope to know that things 
things are going to get better, that someone will understand them, someone will give them a space to talk about this. And the devil's advocate would say, okay, well, you're saying there's hope. Well, what about Robin Williams? Here's a guy who it looked like he mm-hmm. had everything, all the talent in the world, all of the money probably in the mm-hmm. world, all of the success, and then abruptly, out of nowhere, none of us saw it coming, right. suddenly he's gone. What happened to his hope? And I say suicide for a lot of people is an extremely bad moment. And you and I were having a discussion the other day about a documentary that was turned on to me by a fellow comedian of mine, Scott Higgins. It's about people who have committed suicide jumping off of the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm -hmm. And there is a certain percentage of people who have survived that jump. And every single one to a person said, as soon as I did it, the first thought that came into my mind was, oh my God, why did I do this? I never should have done this. And that's the high wire that Mm -hmm. you're on when it comes to something like suicide. And sometimes too, it can be influenced by substances Mm -hmm. where you make it quote unquote easier for yourself. Robin Williams had a really bad moment. And the thing that was going on with him was Louis body dementia. Mm -hmm. And this was a guy who depended on his brain to make his living. And when he knew privately, and he kept it very private, that that was slipping and it might hurt his living, he got to a place where he just gave up all hope. And if only he had talked to more people about it, he would still probably be here today. Mm -hmm. And Courtney, 40% of Robin Williams is better than 100% of Brian Mm -hmm. Mulhern. He could still make people laugh. He could still entertain people. He could act the crap out of any dramatic role. Mm -hmm. The guy was an absolute genius. And to me, it was such a profound loss for me. I said, enough's enough. I have to open my mouth because I sat in that garage with the car running. And thank God I didn't follow through on it. But that's only because I came to my senses, much like some of those people who jumped off of the bridge. I wasn't in a precarious situation where I couldn't undo what I had done. Mm -hmm. But Robin Williams found himself in one. And I said, if I can save one life by opening my mouth, then all of it will be worth it. It's so powerful. And I know people get afraid to be vulnerable, to open up, to tell others what kind of adversity that they've gone through. We get nervous to tell people the struggles that we've had, but it is, it's so powerful and it can take away some of that shame. There's a great book by Brene Brown, Daring Greatly, and she talks about that. If we can empathize and share understanding with people, we can decrease that shame and we can help people. And a lot of people may not be getting the help that they need because they don't want to speak to it because they don't want to look at that vulnerability. But vulnerability is a strength. You're opening up. You're willing to take that step to have a deeper connection with life and with other people. And a lot of times people will shut it down. And that's what we hear sometimes with people like, oh, I never knew what was going on with them because they shut people off. That's definitely a big sign. People are isolating and shutting themselves off. But it's so important to open up and let someone know how you're feeling. And if you've been through it, let someone know so you can help them. Well, here's where I fear that the move that I made to bring this awareness to people may be on the decrease. Courtney, we have younger generations who are all about putting their best appearances on social media. My life is perfect. My life is better than yours. This is how I'm going to get followers. This is how I'm going to make an impact. This is how I'm going to make money. To show that vulnerability Mm -hmm. to them is probably something that approaches being toxic or poisonous, Mm -hmm. when in reality, it's the best thing that you can possibly do. Now, am I going to sit here and tell you that sharing my journey with the world has been picture perfect? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. It has 
has not been. Because of what I did on the radio, it went viral. There were newspaper articles. There was national coverage Mm -hmm. off of it, and that was great. But what ended up happening was I got flooded by people who said, oh, my God, I'm going through the same thing. Can you help me? And I wanted to be their savior. Mm -hmm. And to some degree, with some people, I was able to do that. But there were some people who I could not help. Mm -hmm. I'm not a professional like you. And when I hit a certain line with that person, I said, you know what? I think we've kind of gone as far as we can possibly go. Mm -hmm. And then that person or those people started lashing out at me and started attacking me Mm. and started calling me a phony and doing things that would start to drag me back down and started harassing me to the point that I had to get state police involved. I had to change my phone number, block phone calls, all this other stuff because they became so obsessive. But as we say with every challenge that you have in your life, I know I saved a life. Mm -hmm. I've heard from that woman time and time again, and that's where I try to put my focus. And I can only do so much. And even as a professional, Courtney, you're still a human being. You're not going to be able to help every single person. Mm -hmm. Does that mean you should abandon ship on your mission? Absolutely not. Because one life saved is the greatest gift in the Mm -hmm. world, and it should overpower and overshadow everything. And it shouldn't make you crawl into the fetal position and say, well, I'm just going to stop doing this because that one person, even with social media and internet trolls and everything Mm -hmm. else, does that mean you should get off of social media completely? No. It means that you have to accept that, like in everything within your life, Mm -hmm. some areas you're going to succeed, some areas you're going to fail, but you just have to pick yourself back up and try to be the best person that you can, regardless of any of that. And, you know, as therapists, too, we sit together and we'll talk and get some support from each other because sometimes there are we'll say difficult cases like where people come to us and we want to help them in all different ways but maybe they're not ready for certain help or maybe they want something that we can't give and we're trying to connect them with other resources and like you said sometimes you will run up against some resistance or you'll run up against people who will be expecting more from you than you can give and that's where as a therapist I would hold that space for you and say okay you do have to have limits you can't be expected to do everything to help people and sometimes people want you to do more than what you should be doing. It should be more on them to seek out some help. So it can be very difficult. But like you said, overall, it's way worth it putting it out there and trying to help people and connect them to what they need. But just remembering, sometimes we're planting seeds. You're talking, you're making connections, you're helping them to accept that maybe they need some help, but maybe you're not there for the whole journey of what that looks like. But sometimes when you plant seeds, you have to stay off of the lawn to let it Mm -hmm. grow. And some people aren't willing to do that. Well, I got to get to the mailbox, so screw that. Mm -hmm. And there is this thing in society now, this instant gratification. I'm sure you have many people who walk into your office, what's the pill you can give me so this will stop now? No, it's going to take some effort and it's going to take some work. And sometimes people aren't willing to put in the work. Mm -hmm. But when that is the case, that's not on you as a therapist. It's on you to try to shine a light on that for them and hope they can figure it out. But again, you can only do so much. They have to be a willing Mm -hmm. participant. And that's what I had to tell myself as a, I don't want to say 
say amateur therapist because I feel like I have helped people Mm -hmm. and I've had enough therapy. And again, this is why I encourage it. I've learned so much about it. I've had many people come up to me and say, you should probably do this for a living. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's like the highest compliment I can ever receive. you don't want to go back to school. No, I don't. (laughs) So Brian will put his sign up and say, amateur therapist, I'm here for you. I will just photocopy Courtney's license, write out her name. Cross out my name. And write my own name. No, I would never do something like that. But no, that is a very high compliment. And I do take a lot of pride in that. And I think you would be awesome at it. And I'm still trying to get you back to school. But you don't want to hear it. Kicking and screaming. But I will say, Courtney, that I know, even if I do get that degree, I'm not going to be able to help everybody. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. Yeah, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to help who you help. And And sometimes, too, we've talked about this. Like, I've had to walk away from friends and family Mm -hmm. members, and I've had to be okay with that and say, it's them, it's Mm -hmm. not me. And to some people, that might sound arrogant. But when you've had enough in the way of training and you don't run away from the stigmas of mental health and therapy and all these things that can help you, when you're finally given the tools to realize where those lines are, you're so much better off. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes people want the quote-unquote pill sometimes they want to know, okay, how many sessions till we fix this? And that can be also like, okay, it can take a while. But when I say planting seeds, we say that to ourselves because it helps us. We're part of their journey, but we don't know for how long we are. For some people, they've been with me for years. For other people, they may be dipping a toe in. They may stay for a little while. They may leave. They may come back. I've had so many clients who they have therapy for a little while, then they leave and then they come back and they request me again and then they leave and they come back and request me again. And they'll say, you know what you said about such and such? They weren't ready for that at that time. But now, after they've had time to think about it, now it's kind of gelling and making sense. And so we start working on that. And so that's all I say. I say, I just throw it out there. And if there's something that resonates with them, that's awesome. If I can help them, I have to help them in the moment with what's going on right now. And then I have to let them go live their lives. That may include me, or maybe it includes a different therapist. But doing the best you can at the moment that you are at. But the advice that I would give to those people who are in and out, in and out, and Mm -hmm. to their credit, it's the ins. I mean, I understand understand the outs, but you keep going back in because subconsciously you're seeing some benefit. If only Robin Williams had gone back in one more time. And that's the thing. Consider that an accomplishment. The fact that you are willing to seek that help, that in itself Mm -hmm. is a big victory for as much as you might feel like, well, this isn't helping me. It might not be helping you right now, but the fact that you're willing to explore Mm -hmm. that pathway, that speaks volumes about the kind of person that you are Mm -hmm. and the fact that you haven't given up all hope. And a lot of times people who come to you feel like they have, but the fact that they're walking through the Mm -hmm. door means, no, somewhere in the back of your mind, you're like, I know that there is a chance for me to fix this. And hold on to that for dear life and ignore all of Mm -hmm. the other crap, all of the other white noise. And find inspiration. So there's inspiration all around us, just like we were talking about the previous football player. There's all sorts of inspiration around us. I know you had turned me on to a guy who just wants to inspire people daily. I'm glad that you're bringing him up. Trent Shelton, Mm -hmm. who was a former wide receiver in the NFL. And when I was going through a particularly difficult time, Courtney, by the way, I had been through all kinds of therapy with this, but I was having some issues with immediate family Mm -hmm. and I was struggling monumentally and I was Googling help on it because I was just struggling so much. And I happened upon Trent who he was a guy, a lot of times when somebody has a lot of success, and this speaks to what Robin Williams was going through. When you're an athlete and you come out of the NFL and you're Mm -hmm. like, well, now what? Maybe you're 35 and you feel like, my life is over. I have identified as a football player
there since I was a kid, and now either I've had to tell myself or I'm being told I can't do it anymore. Now what? He decided, I'm going to try to be a very positive person, look for the good things in life, and help other people. Not only had his NFL career ended, he had a son. He was inspired by that. He wanted to be the best dad possible, and he had a college roommate, I believe, who had committed suicide, and he said, I never want to go down that mm-hmm. path. And this guy picked himself up by the bootstraps, and he's not a trained therapist, Courtney, but I turned you on to him because some of what he does and says is so positive and so inspirational. Mm-hmm. He's everything that I'm not. And while I always <laughs> sing the praises of Carolyn Hacks, who I love her approach, where she's just like, get over yourself! <laughs> <laughs> and Brian's like, woo! <laughs> I need a little bit of the other side sometimes, yeah. and that's what Trent provides me with. I turn my wife onto him as well. She's getting daily texts <laughs> from him. <laughs> and he's a very good-looking man. I'm a little concerned about it. I think it's a group text. I'm not completely positive. They're going out for coffee next week? What? Um, <laughs> if she ends up being Carla Shelton, I might become one of your patients. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, but seriously, yeah. it's people like that. Somebody in my position, I strive to be Trent mm. Shelton. I strive to be Harry Miller. I strive to be my social worker who saved my life. Mm-hmm. This woman absolutely saved my life. And that is how I need to pay it back and pay it right. forward. Because what I have been given with the struggles that I have, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. And I need to re-gift that. Yeah. And you have access, too. You have a microphone. You know, right. People know who you are. And so that really does help. And there was another example of this, too. Mel Robbins. I don't know if you've heard about her. She's a motivational speaker. But she had... Is she from the Baskin-Robbins she... <laughs> family? Because <laughs> oh, there you go. I will definitely <laughs> want to know more. We always have to associate everything with food. <laughs> That's how we pay attention. But she came up with this thing called the five-second rule, and she tries to help people with motivation. But she struggled with panic and anxiety, and she said she had like $800,000 worth of debt at one point. Oof. Like She was overwhelmed. She couldn't get out of bed. Every day she'd say, I'm going to get out of bed, and I'm going to start working on all these issues. And her marriage was having problems and all of this stuff. And every day she couldn't do it, and she wasn't motivated. So she saw this countdown of a rocket ship, and it was like five, four, three, two, one. And she remembered thinking, like, I wonder if I could make myself do something if I just did a quick countdown and five, four, three, two, one, and make myself get up. What happened was she did research on that, and she found this very interesting thing about our brain. If we act on the impulse of doing something that is the bigger thing that we want to do, before our brain starts to tell us all the reasons why not, we have to take the action. So she was very inspirational. She had a TV show, all of these things going on, but she's very honest about her struggles and how her method has helped her and how she's helped all these people. There's so many inspirational stories around us. So if you need inspiration, find that inspiration. Really think about what you're feeding yourself. That's what I talk to my clients about. What are you watching on TV? What are you feeding yourself? What videos are you watching? You want to go to things that are going to help spark that that inspiration in you. And if you're someone who has been through things and you want to help other people, it's like, find what your message is. What do they always say? Your message is in your mess. Or right. Can't spell the, message without mess. Right. Whatever you've been At through. any age. I'll put that on the tail of message as well. There's a reason you went through it and you came out the other side. You've learned things that you can share with people to bring that hand down to pull someone up. And then you can also look up and grab that hand that helps you go up. And I think that's what's so important. And that's why I love this podcast. That's what we try to do is we try to share where we are. You and know? again, if Robin Williams had only said five, four, three, two, one, mm-hmm. it might have been a different story. She, interesting side note. She actually said she's 
heard from over 100 people who she said that method has saved their life because I it helped it. to derail I totally believe that. their negative thinking. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Courtney, along those lines, this just fills my heart with so much joy. This month has been by far and away the most successful month we have had as a podcast oh. in relation to streams, downloads, and everything else. My OCD has me checking it several times a day. <laughs> and every time I see that ding, I see that we've affected one more person. Mm-hmm. What makes me even happier is we get a new customer who will mm-hmm. maybe check out episode 94 and then I see them checking out 93, 92, 91, yes. 90 and going back through everything. That's awesome. The accomplishment and the mm-hmm. joy that that brings me and the inspiration, it does make me forget about all of the problems that I do have. Mm-hmm. And I acknowledge those problems. I acknowledge my struggles. I try to own them as much as I can, mm-hmm. but I also try to own the fact that I'm trying to make a difference. And it made it that much easier for me. Like I said, I was always the guy who I wanted to tell fart jokes for a living and get paid for it. And I got paid pretty <laughs> handsomely for a very long time. But once depression came up, I took it to another level. And then I found myself in a position where my mom died from COVID. And I knew that I was going to have to get behind this microphone. And you spoke to that and about mm-hmm. how we can use this for good. Within 24 to 36 hours of my mom passing and watching the most devastatingly upsetting death that I've ever seen in my life, and I've seen several, unfortunately, I said, I need to get behind this microphone and help people. Mm -hmm. And every single time that I take that step, the stronger I become, the better person I become, and the more people that I help. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say to all of you, if we've helped you on any level, if a therapist like Courtney has helped you on any level, if a Harry Miller or a Trent Shelton has done the same thing, be Courtney, be Harry. Harry, mm-hmm. B. Trent. Don't be Brian Mulhern. Oh, be Brian. <laughs> He's awesome. Uh, no. <laughs> There's a lot of baggage that comes with that. No, but seriously, yeah. be that person mm-hmm. who inspires somebody else to do the 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 mm-hmm. thing. You would be amazed as to how effective that can be and how many lives you might save mm-hmm. yourself. Right. And the thing is, we can do from anywhere that Joel Osteen always says, bloom where you are. And I do love that quote. It's like, we always think, well, I'm not ready or my life's not perfect. How can I help someone else? I still have all these issues. No, wherever you are at, there's people that you can help and you can also get help from others. And I love, like we talked about this when we were doing Wellness Wednesday, the phone lines for support, the kids that got together and they came up with one eight seven seven joy for all And you would call, it was all during COVID. Anybody who couldn't get to a computer and needed to hear like a little quick dose of happiness, a little joke, a little story, the kids got together and they have all these recordings, they still do it. So you can go and I listen to it. I'll be like, oh, joke of the day. And it's really cute. They're trying to help to encourage people. Even in those kind of ways, it's big. And then that pep talk thing, the kids from California came up with where mm-hmm. you call in and you get all these inspirational messages. They're trying to help people to feel good and to get encouragement. And from wherever you're at, there's something that you can do to share with others. For as reclusive as I am and for as hackneyed as it may sound, it does take a village. Mm-hmm. For you to try to battle this by yourself, like Robin Williams, mm-hmm. keep it all quiet, bury it down inside. Right. We all saw how that ended for mm-hmm. him, unfortunately. And thankfully, I didn't do that, even though it's my knee jerk mm-hmm. to do that. I finally said, I can't do this by myself. Yeah, This is not going to end well if I try to keep doing this on mm-hmm. my own. I can't do it. Right. So I became the person who reached out to others 
to get that yeah. big warm hug. And now on the other end, I'm extending my own arms mm-hmm. to give that hug back because I know how effective it is and how appropriate it is and how necessary it yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. And like I say too about vulnerability, to open up is very difficult, but that is our greatest strength. I really do believe that we open up to that. We help connect with people. No matter what in this world, we're going to get banged around. There's going to be tough mm-hmm. stuff, but we can choose how much that we are engaged with good stuff, with things that nurture us and that can also, like I said, spread joy and help each other. And as we've always said too, embrace the hardships because that's where the real lessons are learned. If your life was just perfect every single day, you would not grow. Mm-hmm. You would not evolve as a yeah. person. There is something perfect about imperfection. I've said it time and time again. Mm-hmm. Don't run screaming from it. Be a first responder. Run mm-hmm. toward it yeah. and see how help. can I best handle this situation? And much like first responders, not only am I going to help somebody else, I'm going to feel good by doing so. You do. You feel connected. You feel that meaningful. That's the thing, too. It's like when you are adrift and you don't feel hope, you don't feel meaning and purpose and connection. And that's what we're all looking for. So we can get it in small ways and big ways, but just helping someone else does. It gives you that great feeling. And that's why I love what I do. I want to give people a space and I want to help them, but you feel such a reward at the end of that, too. For as much as I believe in that connection, I'm not giving out my email address, but Courtney will. (laughs) Courtney, if if people want to contact you (laughs) for that kind of help, how do they do so? Yes. If you have any questions, you want to contact me, wellness at WCTK.com. And remember, we have great resources. We have crisis lines over at wellness411, which is on our catcountry.com page. And for as much as I'm joking around about it, you can reach out to both Courtney and myself Mm -hmm. on the socials at Cat Country Mornings on multiple platforms. We have individual pages as well. Courtney with a C, Kelly. E-Y, Bedard, sometimes, Brian with an I, always. <laughs> Mulhern, H-E-R-N. And he means always. And I do mean always. Bleep you, Brian Adams, with that Y. Why would you do that is my question. And also, too, it's very important in this month where we can't thank you enough for the numbers just being off the charts. Just continue to spread that word yeah. because even by doing that, you're helping people. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't really feel like you're in a place where you can give the advice, say, hey, I know what your problem is. I heard this episode from Coping on the Couch. Mm -hmm. This might help you. That's just as effective. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. We would love that. Yeah. Share us. Share us everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) We go everywhere. We're into the group thing, if you know what I'm saying. We're, again, put the keys in the fishbowl, everybody. (laughs) Oh, boy. Three weeks of this, I can't stop. I'm out of control. (laughs) He was so fascinated to hear about that. (laughs) I had never heard of such a thing. The key party. And I never thought I was going to hear something that freaky from this one. Listen, but I, look, had, I wasn't a part of it. I hey, heard about she's it. lived life. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> this is a person who needs to be given advice. All right. Episode 95 next week. We had a blast delivering episode 94 to you. Courtney, thank you as always for everything you yes, do. Yes, thank you. And thank you to all of you for listening to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Hey!